morning that Jesus is your cornerstone. He is the one that, I, you know, you have days and you have weeks and you have things that are trying, right, that come against you. But you know what? We do not have to be, and kind of introducing where I le left off last time, but we don't have to be overwhelmed by that and we do not have to let that control who we are or what we do or what we say amen we have to learn to, to rise above that and you know what we have to teach those around us, our next generation our children this is what you do it might get tough it might get hard but with jesus christ amen our cornerstone we can go forward and we can go through it all we don't have to be overwhelmed and overcome by all those things hallelujah hallelujah father i thank you this morning that you are the king of kings and you are the lord of lords you are the prince of peace and i just thank you lord that we all would open our hearts this morning lord to receive your word that you you bring forth this morning and i thank you and i praise you and i give you glory and honor and praise and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. I um, started this three weeks ago. Last week I wasn't here. Peggy and I had a good little time together with our friends, with the Clarks. And God just, you know, we get good rest sometimes, right? And we need good rest. And it was kind of somehow God works because last, last Sunday, um, Pastor Rick had asked me, he said, would you help me with the sermon? You can, this is what we, we talked, I was there in, in January and we kind of talked about something and he wanted to reiterate that and see where people were as they started a, what they call a new church here. And so I said, sure. He said, well, you just do the first part and I'll do the second. Well, I'm sharing what God's put on my heart and I look down and it's getting towards 12 and I'm like, oh man. So I look back at him and he said, you good, you good. And so he got up and he said he, he, it really would give him a chance to, today to do what he needed to do. So you know what? You just have to follow God. Now, I wouldn't do that anywhere, cause, but I know my brother, you know, I usually try to stay in a time limit that somebody gives me because that's what you're supposed to do. But anyway, we're talking about strong faith, what strong faith is. You know, when I talked about, I want to read that beginning scripture again that I started out with it says so we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering dear brothers and sisters because you have remained strong in your faith see what when we when we uh remain strong in our faith and when when we see When people see what we're doing, when we do what we're supposed to do, when we're strong in our faith, it encourages others. It encourages other believers. I think it encourages those who aren't believers because they don't say, how do you do that? How do you stand that? You know? And, you know, today is the anniversary of 9-11, um, and I hadn't even been it's here. And I saw a couple of things on Facebook. But you know what? There are people, and we have somebody here, but there are people that, have pushed through that and they went through that but praise God they're here and they're strong they didn't lose their minds you know what I'm saying they, 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 they're, they're strong in that and everything we go through in life there are things that are tough sometimes there are things that are hard that are almost unbelievable but when we look back and see what God has done and how his grace and his mercy and if we stand strong in our faith it touches others amen because you know some people's like well, I don't know how you could go through that it's only through, through Jesus and his love. And we talked about, um, I'm just going to try to quickly get to that, to the place I left off because it's been a couple of weeks and about being pressed on every side by troubles as Paul talked about. And we talked about that that was being pushed, squeezed, influenced, and persuaded. In other words, these things that come, they, they push against you. They influence you. The enemy's trying to influence you with everything he can and they try to persuade you to just give up on God or to say, well, you know what? If God really loved me, I wouldn't be going through this. Well, that's not true. God really loves us. And the good thing is that we know what the future is for us. And we know we're going to be with him one day and all this stuff will be gone. 
Amen? And we'll be living in, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but but so, so we, we cannot be persuaded and we cannot allow the enemy to persuade us to give up or to back off from our faith in God. We can't do that. We have to have strong faith. Amen? And I want to give you uh, something you ought to read. If you haven't read your, the word for today, today, you ought to read it. It's really good. I, I just thought about reading it, but I want you to read it. I want to give you a homework assignment. And if you don't have one, you need to go get one. But it was a good testimony today. But then we talked about not being crushed. Even though these things come against us, we don't allow them to overcome us. Like we talked about being squeezed. You know, if you squeeze a lemon, you're going to get lemon. If you squeeze an orange, you're going to get orange. Right? Juice. So whatever is inside of us when we get squeezed, that's what's going to come out. So it better be the Word of God and it better be faith. Amen? And we talked about you can't control what comes against you, but you can control what gets on the inside of you. Sometimes there's things you just don't need to do. You don't need to see. You don't need to listen to, right? Because if they can't get inside of you if you never hear it, right? If you never get around it. The most important thing in our lives is to, to, to get God's Word inside of us. And that's how we are strong in faith. And then um, Paul said in verse 8, in Corinthians, he said, But we are perplexed, to be, which means to be at loss, to see and have no way out, to make unable to grasp something clearly or think logically and decisively about something. When, 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 when you are so pressed in your mind, when you are perplexed, you know, you ever have somebody look at you to say something and they give you that perplexed look that like, what you talking about, dude? You know, you ever had anybody tell you that? They look at you like, are you nuts? You just mess their mind up. Well, the enemy says stuff to you that might perplex you. And at this point, a lot of people are defeated. Well, you know, I can't understand it, so that's just it. I'm not going any further. And they start allowing reasoning, worldly reasoning, or the reasoning of the enemy to um, take over. And they kind of try to figure out. Sometimes you just can't figure it out. And you don't need to. You know, you have to know something about something to believe it, but you don't have to understand it. We talked about that. Most of us don't understand how electricity works or anything else. So you got to understand, and yet you got to believe. You, you know, you, you've got, you may not understand, but you have to believe. I mean, who could even understand how God could love us enough to send us, and how Jesus could come down here and die for us? I dare say there's not many of us would die for anybody, right? So that's what we ended up on. It ended up, it's a choice. It's a choice for you to do that. Um, and we talked about God giving us peace. And I'm going to try to get to where we're going today. So I'm not going to go into all this other stuff. We talked about Romans 8, 6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How you got peace? You be spiritually minded. You allow your mind to be renewed by the Spirit of God, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. And you, that's how you have peace. The eight, Romans 8, 6 in the New Living says, So letting your sinful nature control, you, control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You know, I say death in your emotions, death in your strength, death in your, you know, even physically it can come to a point of that. If you allow your mind to be controlled by the world. And, you know, you, we talked about you can't be in control of everything that goes around you. But again, you can be in control of what really gets inside of you and changes you. And then we ended up with this, and I read this statement. It says, watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, because they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. And watch your habits, because they become character. 
and watch your character because it becomes your destiny. So you go from words, you go thoughts to words, words to action, actions to habits, habits to character, and character to destiny. So God, we have to realize that God can do what he said he would do. Amen? Even when it don't look like it, he can still do it. So we got to speak it, believe it, and stand on it. And so as we go today from that, I want to go to Psalms 43, verse 5. And I'll end up reading it out of a couple of versions. But the first one is in King James. It says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disgusted with, disquieted within me? My hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. In Psalms 43, 5 in the New Living, it says, Why am I discouraged? I don't have that on there probably. I'm just going to read that. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. So, you know, what comes down to this is that no matter what's going on and you, you get to a point, why, why am I so sad? Why am I so discouraged? My hope is in Jesus Christ. You know, we either believe God or we don't. He says he'll give us peace. He says he'll give us joy. We either believe him or we don't. There's no, like, gray area in that. The word cast down means to sink down or depress. He said, why am I sunken down? Why am I so depressed? And then the word disquieted means to moan or groan. In other words, you go from, when you get depressed, I'll give you a, a definition of sink down or depressed or discouraged, and then to moan or groan. So we can, when we get cast down or when we get into that depressed state, that's when we start to moan and groan. Why, God, did you do that to me? Why is this happening? I just read something somebody said that mentioned that. And technically, Technically, is that a good word? What happened had nothing to do with God. Everybody has things to deal with, right? Is anybody here that doesn't have anything to have to deal with? A lot of times on a daily basis. But you know what? Nobody, especially us believers, Nobody has to get full of depression. I mean, when I get in a place that I want to do that, I start singing and speaking the word of God. I start saying, you know what, self, you got to get out of this mess. I can't let my mind go there. I can't get into that place that I start moaning and groaning. You know, when people get in most fear, this is talk, it's a, it's getting, gets into fear and most fear the, the biggest thing that fear has is, is dying. But everybody's going to die, right? This body's going to die, but us Christians, guess what? We, we're not dying. We're living on. We just know that we're ready to go. And if we're ready to go, we're ready to live, right? And we can live without fear. And when I say that, we can live without fear overtaking us. And the fear of death keeps you in bondage. We saw that in the last couple of years. People that were so afraid that they wouldn't even get out of their shell. Some people still won't even leave home. God didn't want us to live like that, right? No. If God says that you can do it, guess what? You can do it. God says that. In Psalms 43, 5 in the message, I like this. It says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Everybody knows what the blues is. We like the sound of the music, but you ever just listen to the words of the blues? It's really not a great thing. <clears throat> but look what he says next. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face, and he is my God. 
How awesome. You know what the psalmist is doing there? He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to his mind. He said, mind, line up with the Spirit. Line up with what our Father says. Line up with what the Word of God says. Not what you feel, not what you see, not what you think, not what somebody else thinks. Amen? Line up with your spirit, man. He's telling himself, guess what? Why are you in this place? Get out of it. I'm not saying you won't ever get in that place, but you need to do this. You need to fix your eyes on God, and you need to get out of it. Because it'll get you nowhere or nobody else around you. Amen? Amen. Not a lot of amens out there, but it's the truth. You know, we, we as Christians, gosh, praise the Lord, we have such an opportunity to, to, to lift other people up by the way we act, by the way we condone ourselves, by the way we speak out of our mouths. <clears throat> so what does this bring us to? He says, fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising him. He puts a smile on my face because he is my God. Amen. Well, you know what? That is all into hope. In God, in, in the, uh, the, the King James Version, he talks about my hope in God. And hope is confident expectation of good. Hope is confident expectation. I don't know what's going on right now, but there's good a coming. Amen? If it's just when I go to be heaven, there's good a coming, Right? I know that's a crazy way to say it, but it's a good, good is coming. God is good. Amen? So, so hope is confident expectation. It's not, you know, the world, world's kind of hope. You know what the world kind of hope is? I sure hope so. God loves you. I sure hope so. No. Hope, and hope is a product of faith. So when you have faith in God, it gives you hope. We have hope of our salvation, right? And it's not, that's not the only hope we're supposed to have. We have hope in God to bring us through every situation. And I want to say this too, that some, that hope or that thing that you're believing in God, that hope, that expectation doesn't always come overnight. Sometimes it takes a while, right? It takes a little time. You, uh, parents, especially if you've got little kids, it ain't going to come overnight necessarily. But the good thing is when you eventually see, right? You see it. And, you know, you may have three or four or five or six or seven or eight kids. Yeah, some of you have got to get busy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You, 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 you may see it in one, and it might take years for the next one. And I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm saying, look, we have hope in Jesus. And we can watch the good things happening. And so if, if hope, that's the world's wishing. It's basically, I wish so. It's not hope. It's not hope in Christ. And if hope is the product of faith we all know what faith is right faith is a substance of what things hoped for or the foundation in which we stand on for those things hoped for and faith is also confidence trust and persuasion here's that persuasion word so we can either allow the enemy to persuade us or our circumstance to persuade us or we can allow God to persuade us in which we can have that push from God. That's where I want mine to come from. Amen? Not from everything else. See, and how, do, how does God persuade us? Through his word. His word is persuasion to us. Through our spirit man. And when we persuade it, that means that's a whole part of changing your mind. If you're persuaded of something, if somebody persuades you of something, you know, you're, okay, you made me believe it. I'm believing it. 
That, that's what it is. That's the way it works. So we have to allow the Word of God to persuade us. And in order for the Word of God to persuade us, guess what? You have to be a student of the Word of God. You can't just do it by hearing it once a week or once a month or whatever. you got to allow it to be an everyday part of your life. That's how you're changed. You know what? And if you're persuaded of something, you're going to expect something, right? If you're persuaded that God is who he says he is and he is good and he's going to do something, you're going to expect it. I'm persuaded that God loves me and I expect him to love me and I know he does. I'm persuaded that I'm going to be with Jesus full time one day. Actually, I'm with him full time. You just don't realize it. But I mean, I'm a, we're going to be in a place where there's no other persuasions around. You know, that's why sometimes we tell our kids, don't do this or don't go there, don't be here because there's all those persuaded. It's better to be in a place where you're persuaded the right way, right? So what are you supposed to do instead of worrying? What did the psalmist just say? Praise him. He said, so I started praising him. I praise his name. You know, some of the best ways to come out, I, you know, I have a, about a 45-minute drive, depending on what time of day it is and the, if they're building new roundabouts and I have to take a detour or whatever. <laughs> and sometimes I've found out those detours actually better than going through all that other traffic. So, and, and there are times when I, I'm, I'm ready to come and there's just things that have happened and I'm kind of like, <sighs> but then you know what? The great, one of the best things I do is start singing and praising him. Turn on some praise music and start, and you know, by the time I get um, <clears throat> to the North Carolina line, I'm already getting happy. I'm excited about him. You know, and don't be, don't start thinking about, well, what could go wrong? What if something goes wrong? What if? What if's a horrible thing sometimes, right? What if? You know, you, I know people that you can tell them something. They say, well, what if um, this happens? And what if this happens? And what if I get a flat tire? And what if I do this? And what if I do that? Well, that just causes worry and depression and sickness and disease and everything else. Get, get rid of the what ifs. I'll say a good what if. What if you just believed God one time? What if you just trusted God one time? What if you just put your hope in God one time instead of all these things that could go wrong? Because when you focus on that, that's what you focus on. <laughs> Amen? What's it, we just sang, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and what? His righteousness. That's where my hope is. Hallelujah. Not on this other stuff. Psalms 43, 5 in the, the Passion Translation says, Then I will say to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Wow, what a statement. What a statement of hope. And then he says, Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, he is my saving grace. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that just, in Hebrews 13, 5, I don't have that up there either, but I want to read the, the last part of that. And the first part, well, I'll just read the whole thing. Because I'll first start reading it, so what does that mean? But wait till we get to the end. And I love the way they put it in here. And this is, now there's an, this is the Amplified Classic, which is the old Amplified. There's actually a new one now, and I didn't know the difference because I would read it and it wouldn't be the same. So they got one that they've changed a little. I don't know what that is. But anyway. So let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God, for he, God himself, has said, listen to this. This is awesome. I will not in any way fail you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. <laughs> he says he'll never fail you. He says that in, in the, you know, on and on and on. And then listen to this next part. It says, I will not, I will not, 
I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. I love that. I will not, will not, will not. He says he will not leave us in any degree helpless, and he won't forsake us or let us down. What a promise. If nothing else, grab hold of that and read that when things get tough. Read it when things get hard. So we're listening to God. We're talking about hope. We're talking about trust. We're talking about faith and having strong faith. You know what? When God asks us to do something, you know, um, when somebody asks you to do something, you say, well, I'll try. And I can be bad about them. Well, some people ask me, will you do me a favor? And I said, well, I'll try. And the reason I say that is because it depends on what that favor is. If you want me to, to take out your neighbor, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I know that was just a crazy example, but hey. But I want to say, don't try to do what God says to, just do it. Remember that was a statement. Just do it. See, we got to get rid of the thoughts, the feelings, the reasonings, and the suggestions that contradict what God has told us to do. And, you know, you might say, well, I don't really know what God's told me to do. But well, you do have the word, right? That's your biggest thing, what God's told you to do. If you don't do anything outside of what it says, and you shouldn't, but God will tell you specifically how to do things and where to go to do it and, and all those things. Well, do this. You know, I mean, there's been times when God has told me to do something to help somebody, and I didn't. I just didn't take the time to do it. And guess what? I found out that I should have had done it. Because I found out they were in a pinch. They were in a place. I've had to call people. And God said, call so-and-so. Oh, why do I need to call them? You call them and you find out, wow, he called me just in time. I send out, I have a friend that sends me out texts too, but I send out texts. And this morning, I sent out several a lot of my pastor friends and just encouraging them and you know I'll get stuff back like thank you so much I was just at the right time that I needed that so I'm obeying God I'm doing what God says to do when he says to do it what if I'd have waited the next week well this might not been the right time you got to have the time and so when God says do something do it unless he tells you to wait do it right away it might not be convenient So don't just try to do what God says. Do it. Well, I don't know if I can. You can do anything that God asks you to do because he will give you the means to do it. If he asks you to do something, I mean, he's asked us to do things here at the church, just like going to Nicaragua. How many times he asked us to do something? This year it was like, okay, Lord. But guess what? We even got, as far as financially, we got more than what we were needed. We're able to do other stuff with it. Isn't that awesome? But if you just obey, God will do it. You know, James 1.22 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So don't just listen to what his word says. You know, we hear things like, oh, that's nice. Right? That's a nice thing. Thank God he's so good and he wants us to do good things. But if that's all we do with it, Not good. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, oh, in Hebrews 11, it talks about all the, the, we call it the hall of, the, of faith or the hall of fame of faith or whatever. But in verse 28, it says, It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost. And I want to start right there. So it was by faith that Moses did it. Moses had to do a lot of things by faith. You know what? There was territory there that had never been stepped into until that time. And, and he had, you know, done all these other things. But he, 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 he did what God, it was by faith. He told the people, this is what you're supposed to do. 
And then it says, so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. And it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. You know what? Faith is a commitment. It's not a trial. Moses had to be committed to what God said for him to do. He had to be committed from the day he saw the burning bush. And we all know the burning bush was nothing irregular for that day and time out in the middle of the desert. They would catch on fire. But what the difference was, they would burn up, but this one didn't. And then God began to speak to him out of it. Faith is a commitment. He had to be from that point on, he was committed to do what God says to do. He wasn't just, well, let me try and see, and let's just see what happens. And then if it works good, I'll... <laughs> no. It's not a, it's a commitment. It's not a trial. I'm committed to do what God... It's, it's trusting God whether you feel like it or not. Right? Well, I just don't feel like doing that, God. Well, it doesn't matter. I trust him whether you feel like it or not. How many times have you not felt like it? You know, a lot of times we're, we're faithful to our work. Well, I didn't feel like going to work, but I did. Well, I didn't feel like doing sometimes what God told me to do, but I did it, right? We do it out of commitment. We're committed to it. You know what? The, the Israelites even had, they had to commit to God even though it looked crazy. Now, could you imagine... Standing there, you've seen some of the, what's the old movie, The Ten Commandments? It's, you know, if they did it today, the graphics would probably be a little better. But they're standing at the Red Sea and the walls of water on each side, are, even though the ground's dried up, it's, I mean, you, you could think about looking at that. And you, I'm sure there's some of them in their mind, well, man, I, I'm going to run because... What if it don't hold up? What, they, were, they had to trust God, right? And then to turn around and see the, the Egyptians come through. And, but see, that was a sign of victory. Look what God did. Even though it looked scary, right? There's some things that God asked me to do that are kind of scary. You know, the other year we went to Nicaragua when they were having insurrection or whatever they call it down there and some people said are y'all nuts but you know what God told us to go ahead and guess what he protected us all the way we even had a restaurant one night open up and fed us even though they closed at six you remember that isn't that something our driver went in and said you know these people need to eat okay we'll open up because <laughs> they just closed everything closes at six o'clock man so we need to get bold in our faith. We need to get strong in our faith. We need to get bold with our faith. Just go and do what God says to do. You know, and, de and declare that you're going to run the race to finish. I'm not in this race just to be running. I'm going to finish. Right? I'm going to the end of the race. I'm going to the end of that thing. And I'm going to finish it no matter what. Hebrews 6, 19 says, This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. That's what this hope is. an anchor. Hope is an anchor. Our faith and trust in God, hope is an anchor. Psalms 131, 2. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child is mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within. I want to say something about a weaned child. In other words, you got off the milk. You know, Paul said that we need to get off the milk and get to the meat of the word. There's a time when we can't, we got to get out of that milk stage and we got to be weaned off of it so we can stand on our own two feet. We can't depend on somebody else to have our faith for us. You know what? When we first get saved, we're learning and we're listening and we're on that milk and we do have people around us that help build us up and they always will probably the rest of our lives. But there are times when we got to step out on our own. There are times when they're not going to be around, right? Mama ain't going to be there when you're a baby, right? And you weaned off that milk, you're going to have to make some ground on yourself. I've quiet, calmed and quieted my soul 
Think about that. Like a weaned child. I have calmed my soul. I didn't have to have somebody else to quiet me down. I was able to do it because I weaned off of the milk. I'm on the solid word of God. Second Chronicles 32, 7 and 8 says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for the all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us. In other words, they got the arm of flesh, but I got God. I got the arm of God helping me, not the arm of flesh. And no matter how many of are out there against me, guess what? I win. And to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They had peace. They rested what did it say? They rested themselves upon the words and these words that were spoken. Okay, hallelujah. They trusted him, right? So they had peace. And you know what? We can rest on the words of Jesus the same way. We can rest on the words of Jesus because he will do what he said he will do. And we're talking about strong faith. Well, you know what? The highest level of faith is total trust and complete rest in God. That, you know, when you can totally trust and you have rest in God, you can't get any bigger, you know, in your faith or whatever, any more advanced in your faith than that. Because once you do that, you can trust him. And once you start doing it and you do it and you do it, it becomes second nature. You know how when you do something, it just, you know when you're driving? There are some things, you, you ever drove and you get somewhere and say, well, I don't, how did I get here? That's scary sometimes, right? Like, I don't remember coming through Waxhaw. Well, I know there had to be a lot of traffic. But your mind can focus on that. Right? You, you learn to do certain things. And when you do it and, and your trust is in the fact that you know what you're doing and you know where you're going. When your trust is and your rest is in God, it's easier, right? So it's easy. It's easy. And you know what? It has a lot to do with your attitude, right? Well, God, I'm going to do it just because you said to do it. I'm going to do it because I love doing it. I'm going to do it because, I, man, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And you know what the definition of attitude is? It's a mental position with regard to a fact or a state. It's your mental position regarding what God has said or what's real and what is a fact. It's your Mental positions, where you're standing at. It also is a feeling or emotion toward a fate, a fact or a state. In other words, how do you feel about what God says and what he can do? How do you really feel about that? Do you really believe it? Do you really trust it? What is your attitude toward that? Is your attitude, well, I'm going to try this. I hope God can do it. No. You know what? We need to know that he can. Our attitude And you know what we can do if, if nothing else? Especially when we start, what has he done? What has he done all out through his word for his people? His, his, what has he done in your life that you've seen him do and seen him change? So it's a mental position, an emo, a feeling or emotion, emotion toward that fact, and it also is a bodily state of readiness to respond in a characteristic way to a stimulus. Let God's word stimulate you. Let God's word be what puts your oomph in you, right? Let him stimulate you. Not everything around you, not what you can do. We got to remember we have to rely on him. 
Let it stimulate you. Let it motivate you. Let it motivate you to go forward and to do what he's called you to do and to do it more strongly and better. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18 again, it says, this is why we never give up. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I mean, you know what Paul was going through, and he called his troubles small? And they ain't going to last that long. Well, how long is long? Yet, even though they're there, Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last, how long? Forever. Forever. Even though we're going through this, when we go through this and come out like God wants us to do, we go through this in faith. We go through this believing the, pr the pr produce we receive out of it outweighs every, all of it, every bit of it. And so he says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, right? Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. We don't fix our, we don't focus on the troubles. We don't focus on those things. By faith, we have strong faith, and we focus and we fix our eyes on things that cannot be seen. Amen? Physically, you can't see Jesus. Physically, you can't see heaven. Physically, you can't necessarily see the, the victory in that situation. But that's what you fix your eyes on. And when you do that, these troubles seem to just be... That's why Paul could say, these are small. These are little things. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. That's hope and faith. Whatever's going on now, it's not going to last forever. This is just a little bit of time. You know, if you live 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, 50 years, whatever, you, however long you live, it's, it's just a little bit of time compared to eternity. So we have to have faith. And I got some things I'm going to read to you. I don't have any of that in there, so y'all just listen. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. See, true faith is not something you do to move God. It's you responding to God or to what Jesus has already done for you. Let me read that again. True faith is not something you do to move God. It's you responding to what God has already done. It's you responding to what Jesus has done. And you know what? You need to make sure you humble yourself and receive that as a gift from him. See, a lot of people, faith to them is kind of looking to themselves instead of looking to Jesus. Well, let me see if I can do this right and how much of I can do it. And that's what builds your faith is looking to what Jesus does and what Jesus does. That's faith building. I want to read you something by Martin Luther. It said, The most outrageous heresy that has ever plagued the mind of man was the idea that somehow he could make himself good enough to deserve to live with an all holy God. We can't do enough. <laughs> Amen? Our faith has to be in him. We got to realize he did it all. He did everything. I, I read something the other day of, oh, the percentage was high, and I'm trying to remember. It was like 39 to 40% of ministers believe that you work yourself to salvation. I about fell out in the floor. I'm like, really? Yes, you do a lot of good things. And I'm like, what? That's almost half. And they're putting this in people's hearts and minds. You can't work yourself into heaven. You can't do enough good things. Jesus did it all. And because of what he did, it will make you do good things. But those good things will not save you. 
If anybody out there listening been hearing that, listen. <laughs> so in, in order to build a good, strong faith life, we have to believe and confess what God has done for us on a daily basis. What Jesus is doing right now at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting right there. I died for him. I died for her. And when the enemy attacks, I died for him. I already took that pint. This already been paid. The sentence has been done. I served my time. Romans 8, 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than what? Conquerors. But you know what? You'll never be a conqueror unless you believe that you are. And you confess that out. That's strong faith. Psalms 23, verse 4. I was reading, I've been studying some in the Psalms lately. And this was part of what I was reading. And I thought it was really good because it talks about strength in it. In the Psalms, there's all these names for God. You know, you all know, heard uh, Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah Rapha and all that. And Psalms 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Listen to what this commentary says. It says, The last part of verse 4 gives us another of his covenant promises by giving us another of his covenant names. And it's Jehovah Mile. Which is spelled M-A-O-O-Z, but I went and saw exactly how to pronounce it. It says, Mao. The Lord is our strength. <laughs> he is Jehovah Mao, our strength. You know, it's important that our faith be strong. And our faith can only be strong by, by the word of God. By being built up, by changing the way we think and allowing the Spirit of God to live in us and work through us. That no, so no matter what happens, our trust is in Him. Amen? No, I, I, some of you that watch football, we watched some people get toppled yesterday. You know, they were ranked. These persons, just a little old fellow, especially the one from... <laughs> Little North Carolina, they're just a little old team, and they built a beat number six ranked team. And I mean, they did it handily, as the word goes. Amen. God has something in store good for us all if we will do it. Let's stand this morning. You know. God is such an awesome God. He's such a powerful God. And when we learn to walk by faith, you know, that strong faith is not just for me and you. It's for those around us. It's a witness. Just as Paul said, we kept going because we saw your strong faith. I keep going because I see your strong faith. Hopefully you keep going because you see my strong faith. So it's not just for us. It's for those around us to have that kind of faith. You know, I plan on having strong faith till the day I see Jesus. Whether the rapture comes or I go face to face or I just go one day. You know, I'm just walking along. And say, I want to be like Enoch, just... What happened to him? I don't know. He just was walking one day and he ain't here no more. I don't know where he went. <laughs> or maybe Elijah, like a chariot of fire. <laughs> Pastor Bill was in that Camaro and when he took off, it just turned into fire and he went on up. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's my chariot. One of them. Hallelujah. I, want to, I, I, I really want to pray with you this morning. So those of you would come up.
say, you know what? I want to stand with my brothers and sisters. And I want to hold hands. And I want to declare today that I'm going to have strong faith. I'm going to have stronger faith than I ever had. So I, those of you who would, come, come up here this morning. And we're going to stand together. And we're going to pray. And we're going to believe together that our faith is going to be strong enough to affect those around us. It's not just for me to, to make it, but it's to affect those around us. Hallelujah. I want to affect those around me in a good way. Amen? In a great way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If everybody just join hands. Just spread out enough where everybody can join hands. I'm going to act like my hands are joined. Can't reach that far quite. But I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, that we can stand on your word. And Lord, that we would be men and women of faith. And that our faith would be strong enough to affect those around us in an awesome way. That our faith would be strong enough to change things around us. To move mountains. Your word, you said, for us to speak to the mountain. And it would be moved. So we do that this morning. We speak to the mountain of doubt, the mountain of confusion, the mountain of ridicule, the mountain of feeling like I'm down and out. In Jesus' name, we speak to that in the name of Jesus. We stand together in faith. We thank you that our faith is stronger than it was yesterday, and it's going to continue to be. It's going to be so strong that it's going to affect those around us, and we're going to see those gather around us and say, what is it that you're doing? And we can explain to them how that we have faith in Christ and what he means to us, and we're standing on his word. And I thank you today, Father God, that we are strong in our faith. So, Father, give us the wisdom and the guidance that your spirit work through us, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you and praise you, and we receive it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. God is awesome. Amen. I think we're going to see some changes going on around us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we have some announcements. Ladies will be meeting Tuesday night, 6.30. Dinner will be provided. Please sign up and, and be here Tuesday night at 6.30. Um, discipleship starts back this Wednesday night, 6.30. Everyone, please be here. This is for everybody. Youth will have their time, and um, the um, adults will have their time. And uh, we're going to be diving into the Purple Book, I believe, and I'm excited about that. So... Please be here. Men's work day will be next Saturday. What time is that?